This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Raw Reaction series. You join us for episode 153 as we look ahead to the midway point of the January transfer window. One signing has been made and we're going to be talking about that in just a second. Um, But interestingly, what we are going to be discussing as always, it seems like I just need to rename the show the Arsenal Vlovic transfer daily series basically because every single day you know the main talking point you know the main story and we're just keeping you up to date with what's going on surrounding Vlaovic and of course everything else and every other player that we're linked to as well Uh, and we intend to keep doing it every single morning at 8 a.m good morning to everybody in the chat box audio problems oh no oh no Let's let's try and change something. Uh, that might have worked. Let's try this. Okay. I'm hoping this sounds better. Tell me that this sounds better. I'm hoping that it does. But I have no way of knowing whether or not it does. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed that it works. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Um, good morning to everybody. Let's scroll up a little bit higher in the chat. It's always that classic way of fixing something as the British. Take it out, put it back in again. Simple as that. Simple as that. There's a joke in there somewhere. Number one lover, uh, how appropriate, has <laughs> joined as a member. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate the support. Do give our brand new TGT gang member a massive warm welcome. Um, good stuff, sorted. See, I love how you guys are just so on it. It's just all sorted, isn't it? Lovely stuff. Let's scroll all the way back up to the top of the chat box. Let's see who's in here. Uh, Brad, Matt, Jose, Muspass, Paul, Harvey, Colin. We've got Jacob. We've got uh, we've got Ty Gunasaurus. We've got Marius. Uh, and we had a fair few people join the Discord server yesterday as well, which is great to see. A few new people uh, back into things, which was fantastic. And that's a really good point because actually we just hit 29,000 subscribers. So a massive thank you. I wanted to do this a little bit smoother than being a crackly Dalek at the beginning of a show. But uh, thank you so much for the continued support. On our way now to 30,000 
subscribers. We're so close. To think that we hit 20,000 subscribers, I think, in 2020, um, and then kind of two transfer windows or three transfer windows later, we're nearly hitting 30,000. Um, and I know you guys have really appreciated the daily content that goes into this channel, more than just daily content, more than just one show a day on most days as well. Thank you so much for the continued support. Uh, this is being done as an absolute group effort. So thank you as always. And if you want to help support the channel even more, link to join up as a member and join our Discord server uh, is in the description. If you want to join the Discord server, you need to be an expert member or a TGT ambassador. So please, please do. Let's crack on though with the stories by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. If you haven't done so already, they will have Arteta's press conference on there. Um, but uh, Souza, I believe is the best way to pronounce his name. Uh, Lino Dela uh, de Cruz. Lino de Cruz Souza has been signed. 16-year-old uh, from West Bromwich Albion. I believe he's 16 at least. Uh, left back and very, very highly raced. In fact, at the, I think he's uh, yeah, I think at the age of sixteen, he was already playing under twenty three level football. He is considered a very, very, very highly regarded player in his position. At sixteen, you've got say five years before he turns the same age of Nuno Tavares. I know that's simple maths, but it's important because you have to remember by that point, Kieran Tierney will be twenty nine, um, Tavares will be twenty six if he's still here. It's a good. Really exciting young player that we've brought into the club and uh, and will bring through uh, to the first team, fingers crossed, in the near future. Let's wait and see what happens with him. But welcome to the club, Sosa. And uh, who knows, maybe he's a tuner in of our shows and now wants to know about Arsenal's transfer news. He's on it. So uh, how about that? Apologies if I butchered your name. Um, anyway, we move on to the players that could be leaving. And Granit Xhaka has again been linked with a move away from the club. And Roma are said to be still very much interested in signing the Switzerland international. Uh, obviously, we know that there is a lot of people that are still very much open to the idea of Xhaka leaving. I, for, I personally am one of those in the summer. I feel like sending him out in the January window would be a little bit suicidal, to be honest, considering our midfield options. However, what I would say is that Granit Xhaka is a player that we know intrigues Jose Mourinho. I think it would be a good move to get him out of the club in the, in the summer. We can make some money off him as well, having just signed a new contract. It makes a decent amount of sense to sell him and then just move on in that midfield uh, position for Arsenal. The next one is Eddie Nketiah. Talks between Crystal Palace and Arsenal are open. However, the likelihood of a deal between the two clubs remains quite a way off. Wages were a big issue during the summer as to why this deal didn't happen. And now it looks like the issue is going to be that same problem. He can sign for a German or any other club, of course, on the continent or in the world, I think. Um, in January on a pre-contract agreement. And if you sign for a club without a transfer fee, it tends to mean that the wages associated with the deal are also a lot better for the player. So Eddie Nketiah's move to Germany looks a lot more likely with Bayer Leverkusen and Schalke, two teams both interested. But Crystal Palace seem more determined. They've tracked the guy for a long time, as we told you, through Roy Hodgson. Uh, he's a player that Patrick Vieira likes. And he's a player that they're going to try and sign. But... It does look unlikely that that would happen. And in fact, he would probably end up moving to Germany. What I would say, though, is if Arsenal are willing to let Nketiah leave, surely that makes them look fairly confident of bringing in a replacement striker. Because why on earth they would just allow it to be Lacazette and an exiled Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at the club? I'm not sure for the rest of the season. So 
That's something to bear in mind. Let's move on to the next story, uh, and that revolves around Pablo Marina. We told you that there have been a number of teams interested in Spain, Villarreal, Valencia. We told you about um, AC Milan and Sampdoria's interest, and we've talked about uh, Flamengo's interest as well. Now, the latest club that has opened talks with Arsenal is now Udinese uh, in Italy. They look now to be leading the race. Flamengo has also pulled out of things with uh, Marie. And it looks like Marie's loan move to Udinese could be the next step. I have a little bit of a concern about this because if you think about it, he is probably our fourth choice centre-back. We've got Gabriel, we've got White, we've got uh, Holding, and then you'd think it would be Marie. So I find this a little bit odd that they're letting Marie go on loan, um, especially if they weren't considering bringing anyone in, at least in the short term. That seems a little bit... Strange. Tell me if you think I'm going mad. I know he's not the best of players, but just in terms of a depth position, it does seem, and I know that Chambers can play too, but it just seems like that's a little bit short on the ground. I mean, you think what happened to you think what happened to Liverpool last season? Van Dijk, Matip, uh, even Fabinho was playing there, got injured. Um, they didn't have Canate, of course, at the time. Joe Gomez was injured for a long period of time. And very, very quickly, things changed. Uh, Georgie says, uh, Rekic, of course, who's currently playing for Tunisia, I believe, at the African Cup of Nations, could be an option that we bring through. Tomiyasu can also play as a centre-back, says Joe. That's a very good point, as can um, Kieran Tierney on the left side of a back three, if you wanted to switch to that. But still, I do think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit risky. Um, but that's just my view on things. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Um, the next player linked is obviously uh, Kalasnach. We told you yesterday that Marseille looked to be the favourites to sign the player, and that indeed continues to be the case. However, the likelihood of Arsenal gaining any financial um, kind of you know backing from this looks very, very slim. In fact, I would imagine that if he leaves on a permanent basis, Arsenal could do a, an Ozil again and end up subsidising the rest of his wages until the end of his contract, which is a little bit of a frustration, but it is what it is. Um, he looks like he's going to be going off to Marseille. Now, the main transfer line besides the big talking point of the day being Vlaovic is, of course, uh, Kostic, Philip Kostic of Frankfurt, a player who's now 29 years of age. He turns 30 in November of this year. And this is a really strange one. Um, Mercato, I believe it's Mercato, uh, or it might be Gazette de la Sport, to be fair. I will double-check that for you. Um, it's Oh, it is Calcio Mercato. I was right. Um I just find this a bit odd. Um, but according to Kadri Mercato, Arsenal are interested in signing on-track Frankfurt winger Philippe Kostic this month. With Nicolas Pepe's future at the Gunners uncertain, Mikel Arteta is reportedly setting his sights on a new winger. Now, sure, the Pepe thing makes sense, right? The, the Pepe idea makes sense. But the problem is Kostic isn't a right winger. Kostic plays on the left. He's left-footed. He plays on the left. I've never seen him, for my money, play on the right. I'm just doing a quick check of how often... He has in his entire career. He's played 19 times, according to Transfer Mart, in his entire career on the right-hand side. And I I don't know when that even would have been. Uh, I'm looking down. The last time he played right wing was in 2018 for Hamburg against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a long time ago since he played on the right-hand side. And he's only played on the right, as I say, 19 times. So I don't really get why they would why it would be a replacement for Pepe and I don't know why you wouldn't just, you know, play Pepe for the rest of the season, try and get his value up than signing a 29-year-old Philip Kostic. 
it's a little bit of a strange one, this. I think it's a very, very, what's the right word, speculative link. I don't think this is one uh, that is going to happen. I'd be very surprised. Maybe they see it as someone who can play as kind of a wing back, but that would mean that needing to change the entire kind of, you know, system that we play. He's not going to be an out-and-out left back. And at left wing, we're very well stocked with Martinelli and with uh, and with Smith Rowe. And he's not the type of winger that can play in a centre-forward role, to be honest, either, as far as I'm aware, anyway. So I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, looking at the amount of games he's played as centre-forward, five in his entire career. And the last time he played centre-forward again was in 2018 for Hamburg. So it's not like he's well-versed in that type of role either. Um, Titus says, to be fair, we only have one left winger. I mean, again, we have... Smith Rowe, who has played there very successfully. We've got Martinelli, who's been playing there very successfully. You've got Reese Nelson, who's coming back in the summer, who's played at left wing for the most of his time at Feyenoord as well. I just don't think this is a smart bit of business. If it was somebody who could play on both wings, it would make more sense. But he doesn't. He's a predominant left winger. So I don't really understand this link, and I don't really know where it's come from, but it doesn't make all that much sense. Now, we end our news, as we tend to do uh, in our shows, with, of course, the latest update regarding Dusan Vlaovic. Uh, I spoke yesterday to Chloe Beresford on the Arsenal way, who is a big Fiorentina fan and the host of the Playmaker podcast. Talked to her a bit about the player, uh, his style, what he would be like at Arsenal, his transition to the Premier League, whether he's worth the amount of money that's being credited. Now, just to put this on record, yesterday we talked about the whole £150 million package. And actually, I did a show of Harry Simeon yesterday as well, talking more about that, whether we think he's worth it. To set the record straight from my perspective, I think the £150 million story is a massive guesstimate, an absolute massive guesstimate of what it would cost to get this done. I feel like the £300,000 per week thing has been plucked from the air, effectively, and I feel like it's just being used to create a huge number which fits kind of a story. I don't think it will cost Arsenal that much. And if it is £300,000 a week, what that would be would be a much lower wage, uh, kind of weekly wage, with lots and lots of bonuses that would all need to be achieved during the same week for it to amount to the £300,000 per week. I don't think that is the case. But the latest information, the latest report that has come out from uh, Dusan Vlaovic, there's a couple of them. My colleague at Football.London, Chris Wheatley, reported yesterday that Arsenal, again, still are not the only team interested in Vlaovic. Uh, and that Tottenham's Fabio Paratici has a very good relationship with Dusan Vlaovic's agents, and they're trying to sort out a deal which would take place in the summer, not necessarily in January. Now, when I spoke to Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports, he talked about why it wouldn't make too much sense for Vlaovic to move to Spurs, because he would be the understudy to Kane for the foreseeable future. Sure, maybe they could work in a two, but they are two quite similar strikers in regards to kind of their physical stature, the way that they play. I'm not sure that that would necessarily work or be the best move uh, for Vlaovic. Um, and I'm not sure that he would become, you know, the star at Tottenham because of Harry Kane being there. And he's not going to move now. I'd be very surprised if someone comes in to take Harry Kane. So I don't see that move being the best for Vlaovic or being the most open. But Fabio Paratici's relationship with the agents of Dusan Vlaovic do open that up. Edu is said, according to Chris Wheatley of Football London, to be trying to do everything possible to get this deal over the line during this window. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a tricky one to try and get done. But the club are doing everything within their power to try and do this. There was then a report, I believe, from the Evening Standard uh, that also 
uh, came out yesterday. Just going to double check for you guys on this one that I'm going to be quoting it correctly. Uh, let's go according to the evening standards. Was it my good friend Simon Collins? I'm hoping that it was. Uh, I can't find it on my screen. That's really irritating. But uh, the Evening Standard did do a report yesterday that Arsenal would be pushing as hard as they can. Here we go. Uh, report by Jack Rosser at the Evening Standard. Arsenal are ready to press ahead with an ambitious move for Dusan Vlaovic, which could, which could pave the way for Eddie Nketiah to join Crystal Palace. Uh, Juventus and Manchester City have also been linked. However, Mikel Arteta is now going to be starting to become heavily involved in trying to convince Vlaovic to join. There was also an interesting story yesterday that broke. You may have seen this across your timelines if you're on Twitter in particular. And I don't want to misquote this, but I believe it was a Croatian supporters club um, that has a link to someone very, someone basically very close to Vlaovic that confirmed that the player himself is open to a move to Arsenal, that the player is certainly interested in a deal that would take him to North London with Arsenal. And that, again, the agent is very much being the biggest issue with this. In fact, I should be able to find the story to give you 100% clarity on this one, because I know my good friend Mo Hader from the Arsenal Lounge did highlight this. Um, so Dino Rezek, as a person who published this post on behalf of the Arsenal Supporters Club Croatia, I can confirm that this is true. So the story was the excitement was huge. And this is obviously translated. So there is some issues in the, in the grammar. So bear with. The excitement was huge when we wrote the publication because we from KNA TV, who is said to be an Arsenal Supporters Club in Croatia, came up with some information that even Mr. Romano, being Fabrizio, doesn't have. Namely, our sources who personally know Dusan Vlaovic claim Dusan could come to Arsenal very easily. Fiorentina offered a contract that never came to Dusan because his agents asked for as much as €4 million Euros on their hands for signing the contract. Dusan then wanted to sign with Fiorentina. The relationship with Dusan, the agent is very, the relationship between him and the agent is very thin, and it's not expected that there will be any problems with some agent fees or similar. Because if Arsenal and Fiorentina agree, and sources say that Dusan is interested in Arsenal, Dusan could even break up cooperation with the agent if he wants. They can work uh, if he wants to. They work in trouble. Basically, talking about how there's issues between the relationship between him and the agents. Despite what Juventus was mentioned, our source says that in this story it is not feasible because Juventus simply does not have the funds needed to pay Fiorentina for the striker. In the end, we asked our source the question about the chances of Dusan Vlaovic coming to Arsenal. We got short but extremely sweet answers for all of us. It's compulsory. I think it will cross. And I've been saying this for six months: Arsenal now or Dortmund when Haaland leaves. It's interesting. Uh, it's one of those reports that kind of comes out of one of those places where you, it's it's not like your ITKs that you kind of tend to see looking for attention. I get a feeling of an element of truth to this. I'm sure that there are issues between the agent situation because of how many issues there's been seemingly in the reports that we've seen going through. I'm still very, I'm not optimistic about this deal. I'm just very much now going to sit myself and plonk myself firmly on the fence for Dusan Vlaovic. I'm not going to be sitting here saying, I'm 40% sure, I'm 60% sure. I'm going to be sitting on the fence until the end of the January window, waiting to see if this deal happens. All that we know for certain is Arsenal are definitely interested. Arsenal and Edu are doing everything they can to try and get this deal done. But it may still not happen. We will have to wait and see what takes place. But, you know, it's an intriguing January window that we find ourselves taking part in. And there's sure to be daily 
updates on the Serbian striker and you can make sure to tune in at 8am UK time every single day to stay up to date with all of the latest on Dusan and of course any other transfer news that's related to Arsenal. Do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel to help us get to 30,000 subs. I will see you in a little break as we go to your questions in the chat box. Okay, let's jump into the chat and go through as many of your questions as we can in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, Jacob Conway says, is anyone else frustrated with the lack of preparation on Edu and Arteta's part for this window, given our obvious lacking in midfield? Jacob, I think the obvious answer is yes, we absolutely are frustrated that there wasn't more done to be prepared to try and take on this window. And even more frustrated when Ainsley Maitland-Niles was allowed to leave the club as well. Um, Andy says, might sound stupid, but do footballers actually get paid weekly? Uh, it's a good question, Andy. And the answer, honest answer is, I don't know. You'd think it would be paid monthly. And I think actually it is paid monthly. Um, but obviously they just make it sound a lot greater, it being kind of these wages per week. But I'm pretty sure it is still a, a monthly thing. Maggie says, what do you think success this season looks like to the Cronkies? Uh, the ownership, I do think. I mean, and I say the ownership, I mean Josh. I'm talking specifically about Josh because, in my mind, Stan could not give a flying you-know-what about things that go on. As long as the club's still making money, that's all he really cares about. Josh, however, I have a bit more respect for Josh. A bit more. Not loads. A bit more. Um, he clearly seems like someone who, who wants the club to do well. He's got ambitions. He talks very well. He's a very good talker. And maybe that leads me to fall into a trap of naivety, maybe, and ignorance. But... I feel like the success for this season, they'll be looking to get back into Europe. Top six, I think, is what they're going to be looking at as their expectation. Top four, I still think, is uh, you know very much going to be the the overachievement kind of level. But uh, a lot of people I know have changed their parameters of what they would call success this season. I still think top six is should be the minimum expectation. Don't get top six, and there need to be questions about the manager's position. Dave says, surely our need for a central midfielder is more pressing. Something must be happening behind the scenes. Dave. Uh, I talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you missed this. Uh, I don't think our, our need in midfield is as need as our striker situation is. The reason for that, and I use this as the context, if I was to ask an Arsenal fan, how many points right now, if everyone was available that we have at the club, and that's not including the AFCON players, but say that Granit Xhaka returns from illness, Tommy Asu's back, Gabriel's back, Ramsdale's back, you know, all the players that we've been missing, Smith Rowe, etc., uh, Lacazette starting, how many points would you expect to get from Spurs and the home match against Burnley? Now, people kind of waver between three, four and six. Um, you have to be very pessimistic to say anything less than that, I think, at a home game against this Burnley side right now. Um, the Spurs game is the big one, but a Spurs without Son, I think we should be looking to go and win. But, you know, just for the just for the the need to be a little bit more level-headed, let's say four points from Spurs and Burnley. That means that we're four points from getting El Nenny and Partey back into the team. And that's important because in four points' time, Partey will be back, El Nenny will be back, and our midfield will be Partey, El Nenny, Lukonga, um, and Granit Xhaka. Four options. We also have, obviously, Patino has played some minutes too. I do think we need to sign someone. This is not me saying I don't think we need to sign someone. It's me saying that I think the striker position is still much more of a priority because we're a Lacazette injury away from disaster for the rest of the season, not just the next two league games. I know we've got the Liverpool Cup games, but in the in the context of the season, our our league is our league kind of campaign is so much more important than the League Cup. 
So that's why I say that the striker is still very much um, the, the priority for me moving forwards. Uh, Mr. Harrison Carnaby says, Tom, is there any financial restrictions stopping us from spending 100 million in this window? I know we probably want, uh, but was just wondering if we were restricted. As far as I'm aware, no. Uh, there aren't any restrictions that we would be hampered by in a deal for Dusan Vlaovic. Possibly in future windows, because we spent a lot of money last window and we need to sell a lot of players. But at the moment, and to be honest, FFP is pretty much in the mud right now. So, yeah, I, I'm not really concerned about that, to be fair. I'm just happy to see us spending or, or looking like we could spend a fair bit of money. Uh, number one lover, who's our new member, says, Big T, are you disappointed that we are going to miss out on Chris? Oh, I'm gutted, man. <laughs> you know what? People are really bashing Newcastle for this deal. But I think this is a really clever piece of business by Newcastle. They're taking a player off their one of their main relegation rivals, a player that, you know, had to move, not had to, but he chose to move because they activated the release clause. They have no restrictions on how much they can spend. They've got a blank check in regards to what they will spend. It's it's a deal that makes complete sense for Newcastle. Strengthen your forward line. Weaken one of your relegation rivals. And if you stay up, that £20 million is not going to matter one jot. And to be honest, with the owners that they've got, doesn't even matter anyway. So for the context, it's actually a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty, pretty good move for them. Uh, Todd says, do you think that Chiesa's season-ending injury might mean that Aubameyang moves to Juve on loan is more likely? No, Todd, I don't. What I do think is that it probably puts an end to the Kulusevski rumours, unfortunately, if you were really hoping that Arsenal were going to sign him. It probably puts more of a damage or a dent on Arsenal's hopes of of getting in him if that was ever going to happen. But we were linked quite heavily. Dan says, uh, we need one of Lavich or David and one of Vinalum and Bruno to achieve top four. Well, David doesn't move in January. That's pretty certain at this point in time. Um, Bruno is unlikely. Vinaldum is possible. So I think if you can get Vlaovic and Vinaldum, that would be a very, very good window for Arsenal. Uh, AJ Gunas says, hi, Tom. When do you think will be the cutoff date for signing Vlaovic? The longer this goes on, the less confident I am. I think we need the deal done in the next week or so. AJ, I agree with you. Um, it's kind of a bit of a curve right now when it goes up and then back down. I still think we're very much on the upward kind of trajectory towards the likelihood of this deal happening. But I do think we're pretty close to it tipping over to the point where every day now becomes less of a chance that we see Vlaovic join. But I do still think that of the opportunity that there is to sign him, we're still in the area of this happening. So, but I do agree that I think we need to kind of get moving on this as soon as possible. Um, Byron says, is the club actually doing business or are we just underprepared for this window? Yes, we are. We are doing business. We are trying to do stuff. Edu is very much in conversation. Arsenal Legend says, Tom, do you feel that if we don't get any midfielders this window, top four will be under threat? Um, arguably, it's under more threat than if we did get a midfielder. But, you know, if you look at the midfielders that we had in the first half of the season, that got us into fourth place. I feel like if we replicate what we did in the first half and the second half, it should it should be enough to get us into that top four position. So arguably, no. But what you would say is that maybe the other teams will have strengthened by that point. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Boss Bubbler uh, says, great show, Tom. Thanks, mate. If Arsenal don't sign two strikers and a midfielder in this window, we're finished. I don't think we need two strikers. I think we need one. And I think a midfielder is certainly something that is... It's necessary. It's not as much of a priority for me as striker, as I've explained, but I do think that a midfielder is necessary. I'd actually sign a wide forward over a second striker that can play in a central striking role and has that versatility about their game. And I think Clive, if you want to know, Clive explains the reasons as to why perfectly on my chat with him the other day. 
Um, Marius says, successful January would be a centre forward. Isaac Oskamaka. I don't know if you've watched it already, uh, and I'm imagining, Marius, that you have from the way that you've suggested these players, but um, go and watch TIFO's sensible Arsenal transfers for January. There's some good suggestions. There's some odd suggestions, um, but there's some pretty good suggestions, to be fair. Um, about who Arsenal should be looking to sign. They actually bring up the wide forwards in their video as well, which is an interesting point too. Let's scroll down a little more. Chilongu says, why doesn't Arsenal ever make preemptive buys like buying David in January? Well, David, as I say, was never going to move in January. Um, so it was just wasn't going to happen. I know what you're saying about loaning him back, but Arsenal weren't going to do that uh, and then get a Jovic on loan. Just, I just don't think that was going to happen. Arsenal do... And have made preemptive signs in the past. We were very prepared for the season. Um, you think about the year we signed Podolski, really ahead of the season. I remember when we did that. Giroud, I think, came in very early as well during that summer window. It's it's something that I'm critical of this uh, this winter, though, because we were underprepared and we didn't do enough. Khalid says, Tom, who would you pick between Artur and Genie? You know, I genuinely wouldn't mind either. I think both of them have big pluses. I think Genie comes in with a lot more readiness, a lot more experience, a lot more quality that's kind of ready-made. Artur, if you can get him online with an option to buy, could be a very, very good bit of business and a bit savvy. So I think both of them have their merits. Uh, HK says, what's the update on Aubameyang's transfer after the Newcastle link? No info at all. It's gone very quiet. Arsenal are very much struggling to try and move on Aubameyang. They've been open to offers this window. They're open to selling him or loaning him or just moving off the books right this window. But there hasn't really been much interest forthcoming in the player, and he is away at the AFCON, which does complicate things a little bit. But Gabon could return um, if they lose to both Morocco and Ghana. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Billy says, Tifo Football has released a sensible transfers, uh, and they said we need another wide player. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Um, let's go to Wilson. He says, do you think it would be a huge statement if Arsenal get a quality striker and midfielder? It would absolutely be in the rivals for Arsenal this season would have to take note and be very concerned if Arsenal did that. Uh, Dash says, come on, Tom, if our remaining centre mids were sufficient, we would not have kept Ainsley Maitland-Niles until now. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that there was always kind of a, an element of Arteta not just wanting to lose Maitland-Niles in that moment at the end of the window, the way that it was going. Um, I, I don't think it's anything to do with the sufficiency of our midfielders. I just think with the Ainsley Maitland-Niles situation, it was very political and there was a lot of social reasons behind that move. Uh, let's go down a little bit more. Uh, Pepper says, Ben White to midfield. No, thank you. Um, I just don't want to see Ben White in midfield. Um, Aura says, just joined. Who is the first signing? Our first signing of the window, if you scroll back to the start of the video, is uh, is a guy called Souza who joined from West Brom, 16-year-old left back. Uh, very exciting youngster, very highly rated, already played under 23 level, I believe, um, and could be Arsenal's future left back uh, in a fair few years' time and be the understudy to Kieran Tierney in the future. Let's see. Edwin says, there's over 900 of you watching. Let's get the likes up for the great content. Thanks, mate. We just hit 29,000 subscribers as well. If you are new to the channel, we do these shows every single morning at 8 a.m., uh, keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. Uh, Joe says, which one is more likely to happen, us getting top four or signing Vlaovic? It's funny you say that, Joe, because I do think they're pretty linked, to be fair. I think the more likelihood is that we get top four without him. That might seem crazy, um, but I do still think that's the most likely of the two because the likelihood of Vlaovic, in my view, is still quite low. But we'll have to wait and see. Um 
Let's go to Billy. He says, Kakare is the suggestion from Tifo. Not sure about the physicality. I did find that a, not a bit strange because Kakare is a good player, um, Billy. I think he's a, a solid central midfielder. He would be a good option in terms of finances because he's only got a year and a bit left on his contract. It's an, it's an option, but it's not a signing that takes Arsenal's midfield forwards enough like a Bruno Gimaraes does. Like it doesn't, it doesn't elevate Arsenal's midfield above really where it is already. And they talked about how Lukonga and Partey need to be kind of allowed to develop their partnership. And I don't agree. Arsenal, if they want to get to that next step, need to be ruthless with their signings. Lukonga looks great. But if you've got a chance to sign someone better than Lukonga, go and do it. Because Lukonga being great means that if you sign someone better than him, it's going to be hugely beneficial for Arsenal. So I did kind of disagree with that. Uh, Kajambo says, have you seen the story about Koscielny? Uh, this was pure karma. I have seen the story about Koscielny. Stripped to the captaincy, exiled from the squad. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, swings and roundabouts. Uh, HK says, your honest opinion, what are the thoughts and chances that we get, Blauvich? My honest opinion is still no. I don't think it will happen, but um, that's just me being pessimistic and just based off what we've done in the past. But there is hope, and I have hope, but I'm not optimistic about it. Um, Dan says, Tom, would you take Calvin Phillips or Rafinha? I probably would take Rafinha. Yeah, I probably would. Calvin Phillips, I think there are better options than Calvin Phillips, but if we were to sign him, I still think it would be a good move. Um, Mitran says, what's the latest Arsenal transfer news? Uh, uh, we, we kind of, you know, that's 31 minutes. We've just, we've just done that, Matt. We've just done that. Come on, scroll back. <laughs> Listen to the video, man. Jesus. Um, Henrik says, why do you think Zacharia's deal slash link is going silent? Because it looks like it could be going to Man United. There are some fairly strong whispers coming out of things that the move to Man U could be on the cards, which is frustrating because I think he's going to be a, a very good player in the future. I know he's only still 24. Like It's not like he's young, young. But I still think he could become a really, really solid player. So it's a shame that we aren't going for that as a bit of a short-term option. But uh, I hope he fails at United. <laughs> um, Billy says, oh, sorry, Yash says, Artemelo is one that is more likely to happen and may, uh, maybe Arsenal can resign. Re no, we're not going for Ramsey. There's no truth in that story. There's nothing regarding Arsenal's interest in Ramsey. It's not happening. Billy says, just go and get Bruno or even Ruben Neves. I really think that type of midfielder is the one that Mikel wants, a deep-line playmaker. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> latest information on Benzema coming to Arsenal. Lol. Um, thanks, Dan. Really appreciate that. That's kind of you to say. Uh, Todd says, thoughts on Aguirre as a potential striker option if we don't land any of our main options uh, we've been linked with. Seems like a good player with Lacquer in that kind of mould. Yes, uh, in, in the recent... I was asked about him a few weeks ago. I think it was a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I have looked a little bit more into him since then. And I think, you know, he's a really exciting young player. And he's got a lot of characteristics that I think Arsenal would benefit from in a centre-forward. Um, but we've got no links to him at the moment. There's no, there's nothing strong about Arsenal looking at him. that He may be on, uh, he may be on the radar, but it's, there's nothing coming through that I'm aware of at all. Um, so there you go. Uh, Reese says, I see that was uh, I see that we were linked to Lamptey for 50 million. Do you think we would ever need him? I don't think for 50 million it makes any sense at all. I don't think that's the type of deal that you would expect to see happen at all, to be honest. But who knows? Um, <laughs> we've done stranger things. I didn't think we'd spend as much as we did on Ben White at centre back, but we did. So 
anything can happen. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, that's going to wrap up today's show. I will be live over on uh, Lee Judges TV, I believe, this evening at 6.30 p.m. tonight. So make sure you rock on over there and uh, and join us, 6.30 p.m. UK time. Do drop a like on today's video. There's nearly a 1,000 of you watching this morning's show. So do please drop a like before you go. It really helps out the channel. And if you are new, um, we do these shows every single morning at 8 a.m. UK time and give you constant updates about all of the latest information condensed into a half an hour-ish type, uh, type of show. So you just know everything that's going on at the moment. And then we do as we've just been doing a Q&A session discussion with everybody and as much as possible in the chat box. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for helping us reach 29,000 subs. Help us on our way to 30,000. Tell your friends, tell your family, you know, even your dad, your granddad, your nans, get them to subscribe, all of them. Just help us on our way to 30k. We'll see you again very, very soon, guys. Have a fantastic Wednesday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.